Welcome to Gonzo Times Radio. I'm your host, Punk Johnny Cash. Today, what I will be doing is I'm going to read to you a few of the uh, pieces from Gonzo Times issue number one, Fear and Loathing in the USMC. The United States Marine Corps. Now, I am a, uh, I am a Marine Corps veteran. And I was in, uh, you know, when things were getting crazy, about 20 plus years ago. Uh, and upon leaving, I got involved in the anti-war movement. And I decided that this was a good space to start the Gonzo Times print zine because the Gonzo Times, the original blog, is where a lot of these pieces came from. And I've been working on a lot of other writing since then. And the other writing will be going online um, and out there in the world will be posted. It'll probably be printed, not like blog posts. But we'll discuss those things. Uh, I have one large piece that I'm very excited about and quite a few other smaller pieces that will be available in the Gonzo Times. And uh, as a uh, warning ahead of time, this is a content warning. There will be a disturbing uh, images and, and, and other such things in this uh, violence, etc. This is this is not uh, like I said. This is a content warning. And this is the Marine Corps we're talking about, by the way. World War Three can be fought by the bankers and politicians who wish to wage it. It is the near future, and we are entering World War Three. After raping the Middle East and slaughtering countless human beings for cheap oil to support the pocketbooks of oil tycoons, bankers, Wall Street, and the politicians, they found there just wasn't enough to support their 50 miles per hour lifestyle in suburban sprawl. Instead of going to more natural 3 mile per hour architecture and a sustainable lifestyle, they decided it was time to hunt down the dictators of the world. Any country producing oil and not selling it to them at slave labor wages had to be a dictator. They knew why they were waging their war, so they preached murder in the name of liberty. Only this time nobody bought it. The people were not ignorant and easily persuaded by the rhetoric of a false sense of patriotism to support the wealth of a ruling class. The poor did not answer the call. They did not enlist. The poor stayed home. It was time for the bankers and politicians to fight the wars they sold the public on in the centuries before. Those in power would have to get their hands dirty with the blood of innocence directly. They could no longer hide behind the poor to kill for them. Congress got the call. Every cabinet and every banker, oil tycoon and board member, every wealthy fat cat that had promoted war for the liberty to continue stealing the wealth of nations got the call. They did not have to waste countless billions on the bullshit propaganda because they knew what they were fighting for. They were shipped off to Paris Island. They lined up on the yellow footprints. They were humiliated and led into training to learn just how they had to murder to keep their filthy wealth and blood money. The poor stayed home and laughed at their TV screens. They did not have to lie to the public because they knew just what they stood to lose. They were ready to destroy lives in Venezuela, Russia, and the Sudan. They knew that the other country that was using their oil was ran by dictators who did what they did. But these countries were dictators because it was someone else doing what only they could do. Because they did it for patriotism under the false name of liberty. The senators got to carry the weapons and murder. The senators got to die for the cause they feel so much needed. Someone to die for. They spoke of how war was horrible and how they did not support it. Then they sent our boys off to their death for profit. They spoke of how hard a decision it was for them to make. 
They spoke of how we needed to keep our country free from Mexicans and Muslims. Now was their chance to show us just how much we need the liberty they brought their murder. They got their chance to die for their country. After a while, a few realized just how bad of an idea it was for them to murder to maintain their wealth. But they knew pulling out would only admit defeat, so they continued to walk into the line of fire. They continued to blow themselves up, and others also. They couldn't admit defeat, and they could not let it look like they were wrong. They sat in the trenches writing letters home to their lawyers and board members. They picked up the human remains. They got to take those lives directly. They got to learn just what kind of an impact their actions truly had on the world. Every time they watched one of their fellow elite murdered, they realized that that just left more wealth for them. They began to cannibalize each other so they could return home with the oil they killed for and the extra suburban homes and BMWs they knew they would get from the estate sale of their fallen comrades. They took the paychecks of the PFCs they would send to be slaughtered in their inner city youth. They would get their bloated fat checks. After paying pennies to the poor to die in murder, they would now receive pennies to die in murder. Since they felt that waging wars was where the money was, they no longer brought in the billions. In an odd turn of event back home, without their oppression, tyranny, and waste, the people cut them off of their checkbooks. They cut them off of any decision they felt they should make. The people were too busy improving their way of life, economy, and the issues that mattered to them. When their wars were done, the ruling class started to come home, but nobody wanted them there. They were not allowed to come back to the profit of their murder. They were asked to go live in Darfur so they could experience the genocide and impression they were so happy to oversee. The people decided that they would let the bankers, oil tycoons, and politicians live in a world they attempted to create for the rest of us. If that was the what they wanted so badly, they could have it. Sure. Occasionally, we would hear about genocide and mass murder of bankers, oil tycoons, and politicians in some third world country, but they showed us that murder was regrettable, just not something to oppose. So we let them live that reality out for themselves. The terminology we used is heavily ideologically laden, always. It was Noam Chomsky who said that. Defense is terrorism. The term terrorism is always what someone outside of the U.S. does. Defense is every action the U.S. takes. Those actions can be identical, and whether it is called defense or terrorism depends on if the U.S. has taken the action or if another country or individual has taken such action. If the U.S. invades a country, it is always in defense. If the U.S. bombs innocents, it is in defense and in the name of peace. Every action of terrorism the U.S. partakes in is claimed to be all part of the peace process. Nobody truly wants to be defenseless. It is the rhetoric game that few wish to dispute. The reality is that it is using a concept that is supportable to rename horrible acts of terror empire building, and murder as something most can actually agree upon. People need and want protection and wish to prevent the dangers that may be present in the world. By using the term defense to justify every action the state takes, we see that all actions are justified. 
Hitler acted in the name of defense. It was defense against the invading Jewish people, which justified the concentration camps. It was defense against Poland that led to the invasion. The U.S. uses a similar justification by the use of the term defense as the citizens go after migrants and Muslims. As it invades South Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan, the interests of the corporations become defense. The hatred of people groups is masked by defense. At least there were large populations that took issue with Nazi Germany and put up a fight. Few question the largest terror organization on earth, which is the Empire of the United States. Most times I question the terror of the U.S., I am met with anger from a certain population, which echoes the same rhetoric that is often used to defend the murderous actions of the state through nationalist pride, which uses the rhetoric of patriotism. So those two um, are just a couple that are in the zine that you can uh, check out. Those were on the original blog. They're floating out there somewhere on the Internet, uh, lost in cyberspace. <laughs> I'll have quite a few more and quite a few more episodes of I may I may even read some writings of other folks who have come before before me and written things on this in the future as well. If you've liked what you've heard, please send it to somebody who you think might appreciate it. Help us get word out that we're doing this here. Uh the first few episodes I put out are gonna be kind of low-key until I kind of figure this out and get things set up. And uh, I probably need to come up with some sort of sign-off for the end of this. But uh, this is Punk Johnny Cash. And, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll just leave us with uh, no gods, no masters. <laughs>